This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. My name is Tom and I'm here with uh, Tim. We're both part of the team at Christchurch Manchester as well as being part of the broadcast team. And we're bringing you the final instalment of a series called So You Want to Go Multisite. And it's all about multi-site church. And that's what we're doing at CCM. We've been doing that for about 15 years, uh, building multi-site. And we've, we've got to the point now where on Sundays we have seven meetings in five locations. So just because we've noticed the multi-site conversation seems to be becoming a popular one. Lots of churches are, are now asking questions about it. We wondered if it would be helpful just to have some chats about our own experience with it and perhaps there's stuff that others could learn. Um, and in this one, we, we're calling it Systems for Multi-site, but really this is a bit of a nuts and bolts episode where just a, a few of the bits that we haven't found opportunity to talk about in the previous episodes we'll just bounce around some of those things and to start with it I just thought it'd be good to to think about for us what is it that makes us one church rather than just several different churches because we've talked about the site leaders and what happens locally but there's a whole bunch of stuff that ties us together Tim, why don't you just kind of talk us through what some of the things are that that unify CCM as one church? Mm, Well, ultimately, the thing that unifies us is the desire to keep planting in Manchester, I think. I think the things that seem to excite our people is the planting. I think when we give to the poor, so we do a, a yearly give big, I think that really just... It always astounds me how much money comes in for that. I mean, it was, I think it was 75 grand at the end of last year. Just yeah, a huge amount of money that we just gave to, um, it was a project in Manchester and then a couple internationally. And I think people just have a real buzz for that. Uh, and I think people are excited about um, planting in uh, different parts of the world as well. So the global mission. Those, so in a funny sort of way, those the big picture things are those. And I think then the, the, the administrative stuff that holds us all together is uh, nobody really is interested in that <laughs> until it goes wrong and then suddenly they're very interested um, and and so those things you kind of I think we've realized and are realizing you have to be really on top of those things but not make a big fuss about it and but then when people realize you've done them well there is a reassurance that that comes there I think so finance would be a yeah. would be a classic one and the way we do finance is we run all of our finances centrally, so all of the money comes to one charity mm-hmm. or people's kind of generosity and giving. And then we work out a big budget centrally and uh, then we try and help the sites to realise how they can spend their money. And, um, and then that means that we can kind of try and raise money to plant the next site through that as well. So um, we obviously pay all our staff. And so all of the kind of the staffing policies and those sorts of things all get run uh, centrally too. Uh, and then all of the the policy that you need to be have for a, to be a charity and to be a church that that stuff is all done centrally, and we try to do it in a way which isn't cumbersome on site leaders and on people in the sites as much as we can. 
um, because we recognise that a lot of them are either part-time or have other jobs and uh, the other people are volunteers. So we, we try to we try to cover that as much within staff team as possible, effectively taking the, the very necessary, very important, sometimes a little bit boring stuff away from people where we can. I think that for me, that feels like one of the big wins of multi-site. I mean, I know people who plant churches and they go off on their own and they're starting from scratch with no multi-site and they find themselves having to become an expert in becoming a charity and then accounting and then all sorts of policy stuff. Uh, and it means our people that go and plant don't have to worry about that stuff because it's already in place. For me, that feels quite important. Um, what other things do we have that we do centrally? Um, I mean, we've not talked yet about events that mm. are central. So we'll have... Every other year, we'll do a weekend away that we'll do all together as a church. Um, we have a CCM day that we do every year. Again, one Sunday where we'll all meet together. And um, we've got a prayer week coming up. We do a couple of times a year. And so Zoom prayer meetings together every day, then a big in-person worship night, baptisms together, um, alphas together. We run a school of discipleship and a school of theology. They'd be, mm. well, I said they'd be together, but also kind of widened out and mm. we partner and invite other churches into those things as well. Um, so quite a lot of the sort of peripheral bits of church, life, other than Sundays and community groups, mm. kind of, we, we do hold together. Mm. Um, website, we have one website, um, Social accounts kind of hybrid a bit, like there's local ones and central ones. Um, but yes, it's interesting what you were saying about making life easy for site leaders. Because um, so at various points, I've done different roles within the team. But when I was a bit more ops focused, I'd often have people say, hey, we, we should do this. And here's like this long list of things that we need site leaders to do to make this yeah. system work. And I'd look at it, you're just making their life hard because it makes your life or our life centrally easy. Yes. Let's design something different that's the other way around. And if yes. we need to have a bit of work here to make the life of the site leader easy so they can pass to their people, reach their community and do their site well, yes. that's the absolute win. It's, yes. it's not to be flipped. Yes. Um, yeah, so, so you mentioned about the finance. Let's just kind of... Follow up on that a little bit, because um, our sites are in very different kinds of communities, some poorer, some more affluent. Um, so it's never been the way that it's um, the exact figure you get in is what goes out at a site. Um, obviously, we want to encourage sites to get their income yeah. to the level it, it could and should be and yeah. encourage generosity. But yeah, um, yeah you, you're um, you're much more in the budget and the finance than I am as part of your, your remit. How, how do you navigate that tension of what a site gets to spend versus what's coming in? Hmm. Well, every site in its journey, the ones that have been around for a bit longer, have either gone through times where they've had lots of money and propped up the other sites or times where they've been dirt poor and been propped up by the other sites. So we we tend to tell those stories a bit. Um, and every site that is planted, it usually takes a couple of years before the giving gets up to a point where it even pays its own bills, let alone starts contributing into the middle. And then it's, you just, that, that's the way, that's the way we do things. You know, everybody puts into the middle. I think 
partly it's important because there is a collective element to it. We want to, we want to, there's a bunch of stuff we want to do together. That includes the mission in your local area, as well as the next area that you're not part of. And so again, when you're part of CCM, that's kind of the way that we do it. Um, and so the flip side is we look after all of the money. We, we're actually pretty good at reporting to each other. You know, this is the money that we've got. So site leaders know and um, can see that. Um, so I, I think it's helping people to see look, that it is a big win for you at some point. And uh, we teach our people to be generous. And, you know, we teach on it um, relatively often every couple of years or so. Uh, and every time we do a give big, there's usually, you know, some teaching on what it is to be a disciple of Jesus with our money. And we try to model that as best we can. Uh, and, and so then it's also true for our sites. There is a, a generosity that the site has. So there's an amount of pride, actually. Uh, one of the sites in one of the poorest parts of the city was the first one. And they planted into the studenty part of the city, which... It's poor in a different way, but those guys are on a life trajectory that's probably a, a bit different to some of the people that were in Gorton. And that's a great story to say, actually, look, the poorest part of Manchester has been very influential in starting churches around uh, this city. And that is an important way for us to, to view it. So, um, yeah, I think most, it's something that we very rarely have anybody ever moan about it at all. I think most people really seem to get it and, are on board with it. And there always comes a pinch point in a site where they're a bit desperate. We need more staff time. I know it's tight. What, where's your priorities for staffing? And, you know, I've got, because we've got numbers of sites I've, in my head, I've always got, this is the next lot there. Um, but sometimes someone will come in, we're desperate. Here's all the reasons why. And you look at it and think, I've got to find a way to say yes to that person in this situation. Yes. Um, so you, we try to be, say yes, as much as we can. And, for them not to feel like the, the centre is stingy and right. holds back from them and that they have a, a real say in kind of shaping how we spend. So, yeah. yeah. I think multi-site really helps with that, doesn't it? Because working on the, the kind of scale that we're working on as several sites together, yeah. it just means the, the buffer in the bank account and yes. um, kind of the funding there uh, means that any anything that happens in a site, let's say, the PA dies and they, yeah. need, they need some new kit or something like yes. that. The scale we're talking, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, we've just got to do this now than it would be if they were on their own and working a much tighter budget. Yeah, that's right. And they, there was a couple of the sites wanted to start a job club. Mm -hmm. And if they were just one, because it was a site of about 30 adults, yeah. it would have been tough for them to raise reasonable money. Where, but where we put it into one of our give bigs, uh, which so the whole church is giving to mm -hmm. this. So suddenly you've got 350 people wanting to put into that, not just the 30 and, uh, from across the city. So suddenly all of this other resource is available to you as well. So I, I think that's something that yes. people enjoy and is yes. good. Yeah. And then they all get to hear the story yeah. and uh, see the fruit of that job yeah. club and get... The, the joy of ownership. Of yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we've done this. Yeah, all of us have yeah. contributed to a, yeah. a hardship fund and a job club in a part of the city that otherwise we would never go to. It's, yes. um, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Let's talk about youth and kids for a bit. Yeah. So um, uh, like I know you're a dad, I'm a dad, we, we both have kids and most people who are parents want their kids to have a brilliant experience at church. Um, loads of people of a similar age, similar life stage and being all together in one place, there's definite wins, aren't there, yeah. for that. Planting and going sites and 
what we're doing puts a bit more stretch into it. I, I guess a lot of people thinking about multi-site worry about that. Mm. Um, how have you found it with your kids at different ages? Um, how now in your role leading, are you kind of thinking about youth work and kids work and, and what you want to see happening? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for my kids, when we, we start, we joined the first site of CCM, there were numbers of kids at the same age as my kids there and, and families. So it was easy for us and the kids to slide into that. And then after a couple of years, we started a morning meeting in Fallowfield, or we were part of the starting team of it. And, uh, and suddenly our kids were the only kids there on a Sunday. And it was like that for a couple of years. Um, and that, yeah, that was, that was pressure on the family. And it was not, it was difficult for the kids. And actually the kids, they, another family in the church started having babies. So my kids would have been, I don't know, five or six or something like that sort of age and loved these hanging out with the babies and stuff. So there was, they were actually much more robust about it than perhaps, perhaps you would think. If you made that pitch to a family now, come and join our church, there are no other kids mm -hmm. in it. That was pretty hard to imagine how it is a good thing. And it is a, it is a stretch, that's for sure. Um, so we've recognised that, you know, you need to invest in this stuff. And uh, so we have a, uh, so for the Sunday mornings, we, like there are loads of people that volunteer in all of the sites um, to do kids work. And because the sites are quite small, you're often volunteering quite often. Um, and we don't have any paid kids worker time either, partly because I don't know where I'd put them. Yeah. And so it, there may be an argument for it in one or two of the sites where they have a lot of kids. Um, but not necessarily because it's, it's a funny thing. It is so, uh, but we go on the good graces of people's volunteering and love for the church and wanting to be like Jesus. And actually we, we managed to pull off kids work in every site, usually two or three groups in every site every week. And it was interesting after COVID, I think we snapped back into that pretty much straight away. Um, I th yeah, I remember talking to numbers of church leaders and they were like, we couldn't get the volunteers. And, yeah. and our lot were pretty quick straight back in, which makes it sound like a church leader brag, which is nothing to do with me. I mean, I wanted the kids work right over but lots and lots of other people really stepped up very quickly. So I think people recognize there is a lot of benefit in being 40 or 50 mm. high community, um, but equally you, you really pitch in for it as well. Yeah. So, um, so I think it will be interesting as we go forward. I think we've, we've got a toddler group now in the week, mm -hmm. which is early stages, I think. But you could see how actually there would be a great mission investment in that as well as community investment. And we have a youth work as well, don't we, which is a lady on maternity at the moment, yeah. but does a day a week. And I suspect that we're going to need to put more money into that, yes. staff time into that, I would think. And again, I think there is a, a mission element to that. But it is really interesting, and, and this is a bit of the what it is to be multi-site, the sacrifice of it and the, the good-heartedness of it is in most of the high school kids would be in one site, wouldn't they? Yes, yeah, so the, at the moment, um, yeah, I think the the eldest uh, one of the other sites, oh, I think the eldest, any of the other sites would be my lad, who's 10. Yes. So, yeah, in coming years, I think then there'll be a wave that he'll be the front of the, yeah. that come through. Yeah, it's it. interesting. The, the site that is the oldest yeah. site itself, it's been yeah. around the longest, is the one that has all of the, yeah. the teenagers in and has had a few go off to uni already and has been through that process. So 
it's interesting that the families that join us tend to join with little kids. Yeah, that, that's just, I'm not sure why I think that is, but that's a very interesting thing. So you, you really, I think people realize actually some of the sites where there are loads of little kids, um, kind of primary school kids that in four or five years, they're going to be very interested mm. in the youth work. And so then maybe it shifts to a different part of the city. So yes. it's a, it is really interesting, yeah. Yeah, what I've noticed is a lot of our new sites, when we start them, we tend to start with people who are in their 20s a lot of the time, yeah. uh, either singles or married without kids or engaged or kind of that sort of life stage. Mm -hmm. And then we find within a year or two of the site being started, you get like wedding season and then you get babies. And then suddenly there's a need for a crash in that site and a crash gets started and then few years down the line, more more have joined with crash age kids because they see there's the provision and then yes. we need some kids work now and then we need some older kids work. And it feels like it progresses up through the ages. Yes, and I guess that's like any church plan, isn't it? Like mm. each site is, as the need's there with the people, putting on the provision that's needed and then being ready to adapt as more people join. And It's interesting because uh, the, the church with all of the teenagers actually has had families join with kids that age right. not um and you know some of them christians and mm -hmm. some like non-believers yeah. who've become christians and joined but they've got kids that age yeah. uh, that is it i wonder if they would have joined one of the other sites and seen just toddlers i wonder mm -hmm. if that would mentally whether they've been able to do it i wouldn't have thought they would actually yeah um so it is really interesting yeah yeah and actually it's quite helpful i know certain sites that have got particular demographics as people have visited on a Sunday and found an obvious discomfort. This isn't for me because there's not people who say they're my kids or whatever. Mm. I've been able to point them to a different site mm. and people have joined other sites. So there's a generosity in that. Yeah. This would actually be a really good fit for you. Yeah. And, and people have joined. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I, I think this is really helpful. There's probably other stuff we could talk about. But um, do, do you think there's any bits of going multi-site that perhaps people who are thinking about it just haven't engaged with or might be likely to have just not considered that is important? I think branding is important, actually. Branding and comms yeah. um, is really worth thinking about what you, what you call yourself uh, and what people in your church call the church. Mm -hmm. um, so in... in I always think when, like a host on Sunday morning, and I always say this to our hosts, you know, we will internally talk about a site being called CCM Fallowfield or CCM Gorton. And if you stand up and say, welcome to CCM Fallowfield on a Sunday, if you're a new person there, it's a meaningless statement, it's an internal jargonism, um, which means something to us quite important, but doesn't mean, so I'd say in every site, you always say, welcome to Christchurch, Manchester, and then it gives you a bit of an opportunity. Actually, we meet in a number of different places and this is our Fallowfield site. You're very welcome here. And, um, so thinking about what you call each other. So interestingly, the new sites that go are very keen on their local branding. And so if you're a your church and you're considering going from one to two, you will find that you might be called, I don't know, Hope Church, Badgerville, whatever you are. <laughs> and uh, and the, the, the next one moves to... a. Um, I don't know, to Stoke Land next door. 
and they they were they might emphasize we are Hope Church Stotelands and then re- really play it up when actually you think oh actually maybe we want to just be Hope Church and yeah. um, this is Hope Church and we we meet in a couple of different places uh, and this is why we do it and so there is a way of um, kind of the, the way you talk about yourself gives you an opportunity to explain the whole or to just go for your local identity. Um, and it is worth thinking about that uh, early on. And we had a, we sat with a designer years and years ago who did our first couple of websites and he was super helpful. He did our first website and then we got someone else to do it. And he, he then he reflected to us, look, the way you set up your branding actually drives to the local and pulls you away from the middle. Um, and it's easy to go, well, the middle is corporate. We're not corporate. We're about local people. And, and he was saying, actually, look, you, you drive yourself to smallness and weakness if you're not careful. And it was super, super helpful. Um, and so just really thinking about those things and having consistent design and actually allowing yourself to spend money on that and to invest in that. Um, and to think a bit carefully about it because good design in one place, one part of your city may not be good design in another. And that can, you don't realize it. You might think it's petty, but it can become a bit alienating. Um, yeah. So it is really worth thinking about that. And you can build a bit of resentment in if you, your site builds an event and you decide to reject some of the branding principles of the rest of the church and do it in a certain way. It just, it says a little bit something and it's only a tiny thing, but it can be a bit of a death by a thousand cuts with that sort of stuff mm. if you, if you're not careful. So I think if you can, and we, you know, we get it wrong and we get it right. And the guy who does our design and branding at the moment is brilliant and has learned with us. Um, um, and you just kind of do the best you can, but it's worth having the, he thinks about it quite deeply, which I think is quite helpful for the rest yes. of us. Um, so it is worth thinking about that stuff, I think. Yeah, that's really good. I, I love what Ian does yeah. for us. Like he, he has a real consistent flavour. So like whatever you're seeing in any location, it has the same kind of look and feel. Yes. But he, he gives it like a different colour splash in the different yes. ones to localise it as well. And, and he cares about it too. So if yeah. he sees it going away, somebody else picks up a bit of design and does it, uh, for an event and it's away from what we do it, it genuinely bothers him and mm. um, and for for some people who aren't that visual you think oh it doesn't matter i don't care which would probably be a lot of pastors yeah. um but actually there are a lot of very visual people where design is important to them and in creative industry or they're just artistic and that stuff they notice it actually that would be yes. there's a whole group of people probably quite a large yeah. group of people who actually yeah. it's quite important so yeah we're very grateful for ian watson if he listens yeah Shout out, Ian. We love you. Um, just the other thing that probably is worth churches thinking about if they are going to go multi-site is just the whole set of policies of taking care of people. Mm. Um, you've probably got a good safeguarding policy for, for one site, but what does that look like when you're in different locations and leads and you know handling data when there's people from different sites on the same back-end systems and worship song licensing and all the stuff that you've got administrators and trustees have built in. You probably need to go through it policy by policy by policy and how does this need to change and adapt and um, yeah, it's just important stuff even if it's not the glamorous stuff of planting, isn't it? No, absolutely. I think we are at our best and when it's the least comfortable way around. So we tend to start a thing so start a new site and then realize all the other stuff we need to fix because of it. And I, I think 
because we've done it so many times, we're slightly more preemptive than we used to be, although not as preemptive as we could be, that's for sure. Um, and I think that is the better way. So I know a few people who think quite hard about going multi-site or doing the next one, and they want to get all of their all of that stuff lined up yeah. first, mm-hmm. and you end up kind of beating the life out of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for myself, I'm, because I'm quite into the finance, yeah. um, I would I get nervous about money much quicker. And mm-hmm. uh, whereas what I need to do is I need what I've realised I have to do is actually I've got a faith in place. We've got to believe God wants to move in it. We'll start planning. We'll look yes. to go, and then. We pray for money. Yes. Um, and there are other people around me who are very wise and say, look, there really is no money. So mm-hmm. something has to come from somewhere. Um, but that's a prayer. You, yes. you then pray into it. And I think for all of the other stuff, you try your best to be as legal at all the times as you possibly can. <laughs> but I don't, it sounds terrible. I think you've got to keep pushing to do yeah. the thing you want to do. Yes. Um, and then you learn every time, okay, we now need to upgrade. We need to upgrade. Yeah. We need to get better. We need yes. to get better. So, and the difficult thing is, or the brilliant thing is, whenever you start a new thing, and a new site, it always means you have to slightly change your system. Uh-huh. Uh, and it produces a pull somewhere that you didn't realize. So well, we've discovered it with GDPR over the years. You just, you realize actually there are too many people in the back end of our, yeah. of our database. We just, we have to reduce it. We have to have tighter controls over who can see it. The training needs to be much more on point. Um, and then the same would be for safeguarding. We realized not enough people were experts. We needed yeah. to, we needed to raise the expertise level across actually quite a large group of people, um, quite quickly. Uh, and that's, you know, we realized that like after another site had been added and it created a tension in the system. So, um, yeah. So I, I think you go and then you go as quick as you can to, to beef yourself up afterwards. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, I certainly, um think if systems hinder vision, something's wrong, isn't yeah. it? Like dream, listen to God, have a go, and then get the systems lined up to, yeah. to support it. Yeah, we're trying to build the plane whilst we're flying the plane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> There's no issues with that whatsoever. <laughs> Everything will be right, Tom. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> cool. We're gonna leave it there. This is the last of a little mini-series on going multi-site. Um, if you are on this journey and if you would value um just pinging some stuff around with us do reach out to us we'd be happy to to chat more and yeah bless you as you're thinking about this stuff